scenes with drama queens and heroes Acted out there on the silver screen Come grab a seat, popcorn is on me Hello, welcome to Meet Me in the Movies. I am Noel T. Manning II, hanging out with Mr. Thomas Manning uh, right here on C19 TV. And if you're listening to us uh, through radio and the podcast version, WGWG, we appreciate it. Uh, Mr. Uh, Greg Tillman uh, back there on Mission Control. And uh, he's, uh, he said he has uh, no, he, uh, he's not in for fun and from. Frivolity, is that what he said? I, I think frivolity is exactly frivolity? the vocabulary so, he used. So, yeah, yeah, so he's, yeah he's, he's not in the mood for that, so you will not hear from him today. And, and that's either a good or a bad thing. It depends on, on how you interpret it. For him, I think he seems to think it's a good thing. But uh, yeah. we do appreciate uh, Greg making sure this is happening back in the studio. We are uh, glad to be here, and uh, Thomas, good to see you, man. Yeah, happy to be here as always, uh, you know, even though we can't be as frivolous today as we would like to be. Uh, so, exactly. yeah, got, got to reel it in a little bit <laughs> for the right. sake of our producer in there. That's so. exactly right. Well, man, um, you know, it is, uh, we're approaching April, and it's really difficult to, to get our grasp around what seasons look like at the box office anymore. You know, COVID completely upended things. Uh, a few weeks ago we had, uh, you know, the Batman came out and huge success, uh, continues to be a huge success. Uh, we've got uh, more films rolling out. Are there any other films that you're really looking forward to over the next, next month or so? Well, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness okay. is coming out the first week of May and I have a feeling that's gonna Definitely put up some big numbers. The box office could probably break a billion dollars uh, over the course of its run. Um, but mentioning the Batman, uh, we, I think it's really impressive that a film like that has grossed $600 million worldwide. At a film that's three hours long. It's right. not a standard superhero film. Right. It's, it's, it's really dark and it's really pushing the edge of that PG-13 rating. Yeah, very and, close to yeah, an R rating, yeah, really. Yeah, so um, it's, I think the Batman should be seen as um, you know, a sign that Audiences do want to see great filmmaking. Yeah, and, and they're uh, ready. And, yeah. and you know, the theaters are are selling out, and it's, you you can catch it about every hour wherever it's being shown. Uh, so yeah, I, I think people are ready to go back in masses. Maybe I think for certain films, Depending yes. Depending on the film, yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, there's a there's a film that's available uh, on on Netflix now that I think uh, would have been great on the big screen called The Atom Project. Uh, it's one that's, that's you know, high energy, it's got big names attached to it. Uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds, Jennifer Garner, uh, Mark Ruffalo, uh, Zoe Zeldana, I actually got it right that time. I normally, uh, uh, did I get it right that time? You got it right that time, okay. yeah. You, that's probably the first time you've ever got it right on the show, <laughs> but yeah, so. yeah. Uh, and, and a newcomer, um, Walker Scoble, uh, who plays a young, version of Ryan Reynolds. It's a time travel piece that's got a lot of uh, action and adventure in it. Big on effects, uh, really big scale film. Uh, and then basically, Ryan Reynolds' character comes uh, from the future to try to change the future, uh, to, to try to save things from going wrong. Uh, and he meets his younger self and he teams up with his younger self to try to set things right. That's kind of the 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 concept of what's what's going to happen in the story. Jennifer Garner plays Ryan Reynolds' mom, 
and uh, there's some really good interactions there. Mark Ruffalo plays the dad. Uh, and it's good to see Mark Ruffalo and Jennifer Garner uh, together again. Uh, 13 going on 30. Several years ago, they were together, had great chemistry there. And, and they only have a, a really a, not many scenes together. But when they're together, you're just so happy to see it. Uh, it, it is a film at heart about, uh, about family. Um, and, and that's one of the things I loved about this. It really wasn't just a, a, a standard sci-fi film. Although there's predictability there, uh, some things that yeah, you, you think are probably going to happen. There's just something about the heart of it that I absolutely loved. Yeah. And so what do you have to say about the uh, collaboration between director Sean Levy and Ryan Reynolds? Uh, cause, uh, this was their second film within the past year. They uh, worked on Free, Free Guy, Guy together. Um, and then uh, with the success of this film, uh, it was announced that Levy's also going to be directing the third installment of Deadpool. So uh, do you have anything to say about yeah. just their creative uh, cooperation? Yeah, I think in, in Free Guy, we saw just how good they could be together. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, uh, I, I read an interesting interview on Collider, uh, with both of these, uh, with Reynolds and Levy talking back and forth. And it's a very collaborative effort with them. Uh, it's not just what's happening on screen, but it's also um, as a producer, where Ryan Reynolds is a producer, he's also heavily involved in the editing. So he and Levy and the editor all work together. Uh, choices that are made relating to needle drops, and there's some great needle drops in this film as well. Um, some of the, uh, let's see, what have we got here? We've got Cindy Lauper. Pete Townsend, Spencer Davis Group, Boston, Led Zeppelin, to name a few. Uh, some, some great needle drops, and all those, uh, for the most part, were chosen after the film was shot. And um, it's, it was very spontaneous, they were talking about. You know, they were watching this editing, and like, hey, let's drop into Led Zeppelin here. We'll see what that sounds like. And uh, that kind of organic approach to the film after it's shot, I think, really lends to the chemistry between the two of them working together. And so I think, uh, great choice to see them uh, going together on, on Deadpool 2. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you mentioned it's the spectacle is pretty big for this film. And I think in a lot of straight streaming sci-fi films, you can tell that they're working with limited budget, limited resources. How do you feel about what they were able to accomplish this one? This, this would have been magnificent on uh, the big screen in theaters. Okay. It would have been absolutely magnificent. I thought the score that was produced also was really solid. The sound design. Uh, I, I, I was telling uh, Greg right before we went to air that I would have loved to have seen this on the big screen. I, I think it lends itself to that. It's one of those uh, movies, as I watched it, I felt like it was a, a throwback to, uh, you know, a, a sci-fi adventure film that I watched growing up, you know, in the 80s. It had that vibe to it, but with a, with a modern sensibility uh, and, and a family, uh, family friendly for the most part which I thought was interesting, language, uh, I guess language in the vein that you would have seen in the Back to the Future. Uh, seen so many time travel films. I love time travel films, uh, and I love to see what they can do different uh, to make it kind of unique and make it its own. And, and I, you don't see many time travel films where the characters actually inter interact with their younger or older selves to the scale that they were team. It was like a, a, a buddy you know, a buddy film is what it ended up being. Um, Ryan Reynolds, I love Ryan Reynolds, but you don't see a lot of um, depth to what he does on a regular basis. You know, you know what you're going to yeah. get with him. I mean, his his comic timing is great, but that's just who he is. And I think the first times we saw that on screen, we were like, oh, I love this guy. 
and you come to realize that's just who he is. It's not really that he's acting, he's just being himself. And uh, I, I think if you're going to look for something that will stretch who he is, this is not the film for that. But if you like typical Ryan Reynolds films, whether it be comedy or adventure or action, that's what you're going to find in this movie. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet, but I'm looking forward to it after your review. So you can find The Adam Project on Netflix. I'm giving this a solid B rating, uh, well worth my time. I will go back and revisit this. Awesome. Uh, French Dispatch is a film that I think was underappreciated this year during award season, Thomas. Yeah, yeah not a single Oscar nomination for uh, The French Dispatch, but I would even say it's might be my favorite Wes Anderson film. Uh, and you look back like seven years, eight years ago to uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, that one was nominated for, I think, 10 Oscars. Yeah, like 100 what? Oscar nominations. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't know what's changed with the Academy and their perception of Wes Anderson, but uh, I, I know that um, my perception of Wes Anderson hasn't changed one bit. I still love his work just as much. And uh, The French Dispatch is... It's his love letter to journalism and yeah. to travel around the world. Um, it's split up into three chapters, and each chapter is basically like articles and stories from a newspaper. Um, and the characters and events are independent from one another, but they all thematically tie together. Um, and what I love about Anderson as a filmmaker is that on the surface, his films are full of they're full of whimsy and you know bright popping colors. Um, there's quirky characters and there's witty humor. Um, but there's kind of an undercurrent of melancholy and quiet reflection, like just underneath the surface there, reflecting on mortality, reflecting on aging, um, and just the highs and lows of life. And it's just very real and authentic because, I mean, that's what life is, is for a lot of people. On the surface, um, they might seem to be just doing perfectly fine and uh, might seem to be just, you know, snappy all the time. But, you know, underneath there, there's, there's always something going on with everybody. Um, and um, so I think French Dispatch did a phenomenal job just kind of, I think this was almost the peak of Wes Anderson's accomplishment with that really interesting tone of balancing melancholy and, you know, quirky, um, the quirky nature of it all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wes Anderson, I love the quirkiness of what he provides in all of his films. I also love what he does with uh, production design and color schemes and color theory. And you see that on, on display here as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like each different chapter that I mentioned has its own visual style, um, has its own color palette, um, and just the production design teams, uh, what they're able to create from a practical standpoint in all of his films um, never ceases to amaze me. And when you look at the budget of a film like this, I think it was, what, $20 million, something along those lines. And it looks so much better yes. than blockbusters with like a $200 million budget. And that, yeah. that is the mark of an amazing yeah. filmmaker, someone who knows what they're doing, yeah. and they say, I can do it within budget. Yeah. And, and I can give you even more than you expected. That's exactly yeah. what Wes Anderson does here. Most definitely. And uh, just as far as casting, um, I love it when you're watching an Anderson movie and there's a new character that randomly pops up and it's played by a universally adored actor, and they're always somehow perfectly cast for that oddly specific role. Um, you know, whether it's uh, Willem Dafoe popping up out of nowhere, yeah. or um, in the first chapter of this, Benicio Del Toro is great. Uh, he basically drives the first chapter of this film. And then uh, the third chapter, Jeffrey Wright. Uh, Jeffrey Wright might have given my favorite supporting, supporting yeah. performance of the year. Um, and, you know, Tilda Swinton pops up. It's yeah. just all of these great, great actors of their generations um, that just kind of 
just fall into place. Yeah, I think it's a film that, that more people should have seen. I definitely think during award season it should have gotten more love. Now, it did with a lot of other, a lot of the critics groups loved it, but I was, I was shocked that um, the Academy didn't recognize it, at least for production design, uh, if nothing else, because that's something that really, really shines through. And the cinematography, too, is pretty solid in this. Yeah, yeah, um, and there's a quote that's, I think, um, basically the thesis of the entire film, um, and it's spoken in the last chapter, and the quote is, maybe with good luck we'll find what eluded us in the places we once called home. And um, that that's one of the lines from uh, really from past few years of cinema that's just really stuck with me. Yeah. So. so where can people find The French Dispatch now if they want to uh, check out what should have been nominated for some Oscars? Yeah, French Dispatch is streaming on HBO Max and I believe Hulu as well. And it's also on uh, Blu-ray and VOD. So. Awesome. We're going to take a quick time out right here, a um, intermission on Meet Me at the Movies. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about uh, Uncharted. Uh, the after party and more. Speaking of a movie that looks at, uh, or, or a series that looks at things in different chapters and different styles, the after party is definitely one that we've been wanting to talk about in detail. So that and more right after this quick intermission. Uh, Greg, you still back there, man? Yep, uh, yep, still. It's just as frivolous as ever. Absolutely. Yeah. So hang around for more <laughs> right after this. of places have made history and in Cleveland County we've made our fair share the difference is we're still making it with a strong economic development partnership some of the best businesses in America are proud to call Cleveland County home in Cleveland County businesses make history every day and tomorrow even more Hi, I'm Megan Pope, your host of Woman to Woman, a show about women for women. Each month we feature guests that highlight topics that focus on self-care, health, and well-being, and a variety of other topics for women young and well-seasoned here in Cleveland County. So join me right here on Woman to Women on C19 TV and C19.TV, a broadcast service of Cleveland Community College. Cleveland Community College has identified strengthening online learning as the topic for its quality enhancement plan. We're calling it SOUL. SOUL's five-year implementation plan is focused on continuous improvement of online courses and promoting student success. We're excited for you to take this journey with us. Welcome back to Meet Me at the Movies. I'm Noel T. Manning II. That's Thomas Manning. And Mr. Greg Tillman back there on Mission Control, uh, making sure that we don't uh, get too frivolous right here on the set. Uh, Thomas, uh, 
Tell me about this movie Uncharted. You got a chance to check this out, right? I did not get a chance to watch <laughs> Uncharted. Uh, so, it's still know, in theaters. I'm sorry. Both the new films this week, I'm having you pull the weight on that. <laughs> I'm a little bit slacking as far as uh, new releases goes. So. Well, Uncharted uh, based on a video game, and uh, it, it's action, adventure. Once again, I, I think this will be an interesting double feature uh, with the first movie I, I talked about earlier, The Atom Project. I think you can watch one at home. And then go to theaters to watch this one. Uh, it's a very much an Indiana Jones-esque type of adventure, and um, you've got Tom Holland's character, who uh, was 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 an orphan, and as a kid, he and his brother just loved thinking about adventures and thinking about what's next in the world. And um, you know, they get into some trouble, and because they get into some trouble, they end up having to get split up, and. Uh, Fast forward several years, they haven't seen each other in a long time. Uh, Tom Holland comes to find out, not Tom Holland, but his character comes to find out that his brother is missing, probably maybe dead. Uh, he teams up with Mark Wahlberg, who has a lot of money uh, and just doesn't know what to do with all the money, and he's out seeking some major treasures. Recruits Tom Holland's character, and they go off seeking treasures, and they, uh, along the way, they find other people who are... Uh, doing the same thing and looking for the same thing. And Antonio Banderas stars in this, Mark Wahlberg, as I mentioned. Um, every time I saw Antonio Banderas, I kept thinking, puss in boots. Every time, you know, he would talk. And I was just like, wait, that's like a line, a line that puss in boots would, would say. Um, it, it is uh, incredibly predictable. But I got to say, um, sometimes when you go to see movies like this, that's exactly what you want. Um, you're there for the escape of it, and this movie is all about the escape. Uh, they're, they're seeking treasures and catacombs, and of course there are um, traps that pop up, just like you would see in the Indiana Jones, or the National Treasures, or even Pirates of the Caribbean. You throw all of those together, and there are elements of it that pop up within this film. Um, but it was, it was just pure fun, is the way that I like to describe it. I took my wife to see it. She loves these kind of movies. Um, Catherine, my daughter, went as well, and we all three just kind of left it with this good feeling vibe, and uh, it was a true popcorn flick. And with the true popcorn flick, it's not necessarily about the, the critical acclaim. You know, have you seen this kind of stuff before? Sure. Um, have you seen it better before? Sure. But did it take you away, and did it did it pull you away from the troubles that you may be experiencing when you're going in? And yeah, absolutely. Um, some of the action sequences were absolutely phenomenal. Um, some of the parkour sequences with Tom Holland, un unbelievable. And he did a lot of his own stunts. Have you read, have you seen this stuff? Yeah, yeah, I've seen, I've seen a few of those. I'm not surprised with his background from Spider-Man. Because, yes. uh, I mean, I know he has a stunt double in all of his films, but I think he works to learn as many of the stunts as he can. Yeah, yeah it, was, uh, it was well worth, again, my time to check this out. I'm glad I went to the theater to see it. Uh, it is still in theaters, and so if you're looking for just a film that will help you get away uh, and, uh, and you want to do it in a way that, you know, could, could lend you wanting to, to check out some more films like this, uh, Uncharted's worth your time. Uh, they do set it up uh, for a potential sequel. You don't know if that'll happen or not. There's also a cameo, uh, a, a beach cameo from the voice actor who did some of the original work the video games, ah, okay, okay. which was kind of fun uh, to see that. You, you know, I had to Google it afterwards because I'm like, okay, 
I know that this guy got too much screen time right there. There's got to be some kind of weird connection. And there was. He was the voice talent uh, for um, Uncharted. So it's, it's worth my time. I'm, I, again, I'm giving this one also a B rating. And uh, you mentioned the action sequences, and I haven't seen the film yet, obviously, but I keep hearing about the third act. There's some crazy sequence involving pirate ships. Uh, oh, yeah. Is there something you want to talk about there, maybe? Yeah, I, I don't want to give it away, yeah. but yeah, there are there are pirate ships. Uh, there are um, you know some airplane jumps with a, uh, a, a that will make you almost feel like you're watching a Fast and Furious film with cars coming out of the back of airplanes. Okay. Um, and uh, there's some, some battle sequences that happen uh, that are pretty impressive. So yeah, if you like stunts, if you like high energy, if you like that kind of organic humor, and I will say that Wahlberg and, and Holland, their chemistry together is pretty, pretty, pretty solid. Pretty solid. But B rating for Uncharted, which is still in theaters. Uh, earlier we were talking about the French Dispatch. Uh, and how it does things in chapters, and it does things you know slightly different in each chapter. The After Party, which you can find on Apple TV Plus, does the same thing with each episode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago, we discussed it a little bit, but I had only seen the first few episodes, and I don't think at that point you'd seen any of it at all. Uh, but now we both watched through the first season, um, eight episodes in the first season, and it has been renewed for a second season. Uh, and it'll probably have a different name because <laughs> I don't see how they can. <laughs> Still have an after party because the after party was the situation right. with a detective. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there, there had been a mysterious death of a celebrity at a high at the after party of a high school reunion, and uh, the celebrity was played by Dave Franco, which <laughs> <laughs> is so great. It was hilarious. It was so man. good. Um, <laughs> but then we have Tiffany Haddish coming in as a detective, and she interviews each person who was at the party, and um, she. she she says, "Quote: Take me through your mind movies of yes. what happened that night, yes. and I just um, and that really kicks off, um, kicks it into the creative gear that the show is in. Um, and um, Chris, um, we have Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who are uh, the showrunners, and of course we know them from Spider Verse and the yes. Lego Movie yes. and uh, the Jump Street movies. And uh, I just their creative imaginations um, just blow me away every time I see something new from them. Well, they were given so much freedom in in doing this particular show, and each show has a different vibe. You know, one one time you feel like you're watching a Fast and Furious yeah. kind of show because there's this guy that's telling you his interpretation. There's another time there's an animated feel to it. There's like 2D a 2D animation. A 2D yeah. animation. There's another time it's you're, you're like you're watching a rom-com. Then another time. Another episode, you feel like you're watching a musical. Yeah, yeah, and then you have like a house party, home video, found footage type deal, <laughs> uh, and you even have a few Muppets that pop up. Yes, so. <laughs> yes, it's um, it's is brilliantly original, and that's one of the things that really stuck out with me. And it's also one of those movie, one of those TV series, that is is very binge worthy. Yeah. You can you watch one episode and you immediately want to watch the next, the next, the next, and the next. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's different clues um, like scattered throughout each episode that reward audience members who are paying very close attention to all the little details. And you've got yeah, to pay close yeah. attention. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I want to mention Sam Richardson, um, actor who he's basically the protagonist of the series, I guess you could say. Uh, I mean, obviously in a murder mystery, there's um, you're kind of supposed to you're supposed to suspect everyone in a sense, but I think he's the character that we're supposed to feel the most empathy for, the one who we're supposed to be rooting for. And um, I, Sam Richardson was also in uh, tel the, 
Ted Lasso season two, and his performance and that compared to this, his characters could not be any more different. Exactly. Uh, in in uh, Ted Lasso, he was a very dignified soccer manager, businessman who uh, kind of had some ulterior motives. He we saw he could get very rageful and yes. very bitter, uh, but in this, he's just a very down to earth guy. Very. Um, very goofy, kind of, yeah. kind of charming in his awkwardness, um, and very, very sincere. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I, so, the, the, the charming awkwardness reminds you of Greg Tillman. Yes, you yeah. Know, kind of that that guy next door that you you're like, oh, he's just a cuddly teddy bear, you know. And uh, you, I mean, look you, at that beard. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he, he's the kind of guy that you're like, okay, there's no way that this guy could have murdered anybody. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so Sam Richardson, um, he, I mean, each cast member of the show was perfect, perfect yeah. for those specific roles, but I think he was the real standout. So. Yeah, I, I loved all of them, and all, every character was, was different, mm -hmm. and uh, it, they were different, much like you would see at a high school reunion. You know, you, sure, you got your, your clique people, you got your, you know, your, your cheerleaders, you got your athletes, uh, you got your musicians, um, but it, it really felt like as if the people from the Breakfast Club and their friends got back together, you know, 20 years later uh, and, and something bad happened. I, I, I thought it was just um, wonderful, wonderful to watch. And it's one of those that uh, now that I've seen the entire uh, season and know who the killer was, I want to go back and watch for those clues. And that's the beauty of watching uh, a TV series or even a movie that's a mystery where those clues are there and unless you were watching them you, you, didn't, you, didn't, realize, you didn't realize what you were missing. Yeah, yeah, and of course I, I saw the finale um, before you did but then I went back and watched it with you and got to see your reaction for watching the finale the first time and I was able to watch it with the knowledge that I had of who the murderer was, who the killer was in the show and uh, I was able to pick up on some very small nuances uh, and the performance of I'm not going to say who it was to spoil yes. it, but uh, uh, yeah, it's just uh, that that always comes down to um, direction, acting, and editing. All that had to be perfect in order for those casting. little nuances to be there. And yeah, the casting. casting as well. I mean, so, and and yeah. uh, there's another uh, murder mystery uh, show that's, that's one part improv that I've been watching as well called Murderville. I'm not going to talk a whole lot about that, but um, they have every, every uh, episode in that, they actually have... Um, a crime that's wrapped up. This one was a full season, and I really like having a full season to kind of figure out what's going on with the crime and, and who it is yeah. that made it happen. So I'm looking forward to what they're going to do with After Party Season 2. What's your rating for Season 1? Uh, solid A for After Party Season yeah, 1. I, yeah, I'm right there with it. Solid A, and uh, I'm, I'm excited about uh, what is to come. Well, you've got about a minute to share some thoughts on West Side Story. We did talk about it, uh, getting some Critics' Choice love. Uh, last week, but uh, it is available now on uh, where on HBO. It's on Disney Plus and uh, HBO, HBO Max, Max, I believe. Yeah, and also Blu-ray VOD. Uh, so yeah, it's Steven Spielberg. So um, that should speak for itself there. And um, this is his last musical. He said he's not doing another his musical. First and last musical. Yeah. And uh, you know, I do have to be. Uh, open and honest about my baggage carrying with me is that I'm not a huge musical guy. And um, so coming into this, I wasn't exactly uh, who this, I guess, who this film was made for, but I still found a lot of things to appreciate and respect about it. Uh, just the, you can't watch this and not appreciate the sheer filmmaking power on display between Spielberg and then his director of photography, uh, John Hughes Kaminsky, yes. who uh, has got to be one of the greatest cinematographers 
of all time. Um, and um, the performance from Rachel Zegler, the lead performance, is just beautifully charismatic. Then Ariana DeBose mm -hmm. in the supporting role. Uh, she was nominated for a Tar Heel Award by the North Carolina Film yes. Critics Association. Yeah. Um, she's um, nominated for an Oscar as well. And uh, there's, there's just a lot of charisma just kind of dripping from this entire film um, and just a lot of overwhelming power, but overwhelming in the sense that if you're not in the right mindset for it, uh, you will be, you will be pretty tired by the end of it. And um, so I would say to audiences, just um, make sure you are kind of checked in and mentally prepped for it. And um, there's, um, there is something for everybody to appreciate there, but um, you know, for, um, but not everybody will appreciate to the extent that everybody else will. So. Right. Beautiful remake. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm always reluctant with remakes, and I've talked about that, but just a beautiful remake. It is absolutely uh, magnificent to watch what Spielberg can do when Spielberg wants to do it, and he did it here. And here he is with his first and last musical with, uh, with some Oscar love and award season love uh, across the board. Uh, I will leave you with a Steven Spielberg quote. Uh, uh, this is great, uh, relates to film and everybody involved within film. Film is perhaps the most collaborative medium in the world. All of us make movies together. We become family where one craft is just as indispensable as the next. So until next time, uh, for Greg Tillman, uh, that, <laughs> who's, who just left us in the lurch, Thomas Manning, uh, and uh, I am Noel T. Manning II. Really appreciate your time. And uh, send us an email, info at c19.tv, and uh, we'll make sure that Greg answers that. So until next time, that's a wrap for Meet Me at the Movies.